1: Well, good morning, and welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for June 2nd, 2019. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, <clears throat> relationship with our animal friends and pets, or animals in general. I was asked recently in an email by one of our lay ministers, um who has a local Buddhist fellowship? Okay, and he was—he was—he said that uh, they were thinking of having starting animal memorial service. And he remembered that I had mentioned that uh, we had done this in Chicago, and uh, uh, wanted to know whether there was a certain time of year such services were held best held, and so forth and uh i wrote him back um i don't think there is any particular uh, reason to have it at a certain time of the year okay um i do recommend that uh you have uh tell the attendees w- welcome them to bring pictures you might uh there's all kind of articles books uh that talk about Animal-human relationships, and um, when I was at the Buddhist Temple of Chicago, we held. I started a, a suburb in Morton Grove, northern suburb of Chicago, where a lot of our uh, congregation had tended to move to the northern suburbs, and so an outreach service once a month in Morton Grove. This was back in the back in the eighties now i don't rem- remember exactly what prompted this, but uh, i don't think uh, animal memorial services were that common in in the nineteen eighties but what <laughs> surprised me was the turnout. Wow, so many people came and they brought their pictures and um So we, I don't remember if we had a board in which we mounted the pictures. We probably did. Uh, or or maybe even they overflowed on into the, onto the altar, little altar table we had there. Um, we were holding the services in an American Legion hall. And, uh, uh, that a friend who was a member arranged for us to do this. And, uh, that little meeting hall there was just overflowing with people. Uh, a lot of pets, dogs, and cats. But there's a whole range there, okay? Um, and I knew that we had tapped into something that was really powerful, really strong. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> Our dogs and cats that we grew up with, okay, most families, they, for some reason, if they have these kind of pets, then when they were children, and when they get older, they continue on. And so I don't know the statistics about um, pet owners, the number, and all these popularity and different things like this, but the one thing that I... uh, think that memorial pet memorial services make it an annual event okay uh is how animals are teachers okay there are a lot of asked topics uh among that that could be addressed okay uh in uh, as themes for an animal memorial service but animals as teachers uh this is is really transcends the human perspective. Anything that helps us transcend the human perspective is valuable, you know? And in fact, in our newsletter, we have a uh, regular column by Dharma Dan, who, as many of you know, is uh, an animal puppet, hand puppet, uh, and... I don't know where he came from and how he started, but again, that must have been in the 80s, which is, you know, <laughs> uh, almost 40 years ago, but I started, I had this little hand puppet of Dharma Dan, who is, uh, looks like a little uh, baby bear, I guess, and I started using him as, you know, while he first got started as uh, at the Buddhist Temple of Chicago, they had a Dharma school service, which preceded the adult service, similar to so Sunday school for children, and so after the service in the main chapel, then they would go off to their classes, age appropriate and so forth, uh, and so I I felt liberated to be very creative in these Dharma school messages that I would give to the children, and of course one way is using animal. <laughs> animal hand puppets okay and uh, I had fun with it and the children enjoyed it and their parents the adults enjoyed it too huh uh, but uh, Dharma Dan then started as I said part as being a regular feature and he would write a little article in our quarterly newsletter every issue and uh he provi- And the whole impetus of his column is to transcend the human perspective because he's representing the animal kingdom <laughs> and the way that they live, the way they look at things and advice they could give us okay, as t- explicitly or uh, implicitly by their example. Of animals, what's the characteristics of animals? How can we open up and see them as teachers, not just as pets, okay not just as the as the uh, emotion of love between that you might have, but how to see them as teachers? you know Because when we see the certain qualities that animals have, I think it's an automatic reaction that we say, "Hey, that's good. That's a universal value. And all of us could use uh, upgrades or improvement, okay, and what kind of human beings we are. Uh, so he provides that perspective and he kind of lectures humans sometimes and says, hey, you know, you ought to think about this. And uh, I got nice feedback once when somebody was uh, uh, contacted us. I think, I don't know if it was an address change or something, and then he just happened to mention offhand, he goes, oh, my wife, she really favors Dharma Dan's column. So I think uh, inferring from that, I think that, that there is, that he holds a special attraction to many of our newsletter readers. And that encourages me, you know, yeah, well, I, full disclosure, I have to write from Dharma Dan. But I hear his message and I put it into communication, media, you know, that that's So I have to, when I think, put my Dharma Dan thinking hat on for writing the newsletter, I do have to change my perspective and transcend the human perspective. Uh <clears throat> they could teach us by the way they act by their habits by their instincts uh the unconditional love that's there that's the one of the strongest things they're not judgmental huh? they have their preferences sure but just like young children very young children you know they're so even innocent in their own selfishness that we can, that that the, uh, uh, the, our pets encourage us to let our guards down. They say have fun. They take say hey, look at take advantage of every opportunity that you have to enjoy life. Okay? Uh, you can even learn from animals that you encounter in the wild if you take the time to observe their habits. You know how they adapt and are sensitive to their own environment and how they, they they nurture and their playfulness. It's not a, it's not, some people, I know that when you talk about this topic, some people said, well, the animals don't know any different. As though that, uh, but then there was a lot of times they would correct themselves and say, but we could still learn from them. Okay, So it's not a matter of whether, Looking at the animal's intention as teachers, that's the wrong <laughs> the wrong approach. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> we could learn this great teaching requires great listening. That I heard that once and it always stuck with me because it tells you that a lot of times we think that the teachings are outside of us. Uh and they are in terms of conditions or certain directions that catch our attention. Okay? But there's an interaction between the outer and the inner. And if you're a very dedicated uh truth seeker, you will find uh teachings in everything, in anything. Okay. Uh if uh if you see an insect even the highly regimented insects like bees and ants and so forth, okay. if you want to find a lesson, you can. You know, And in fact, just as an aside, uh, we have a stone, natural stone bench or seat that's on our property. And I took off from this because one time I... I used to go every morning to see the sunrise uh, when we lived in the Midwest, and you know Lake Michigan is on the east side of Chicago, and so the sunrise comes up over the horizon, and the Lake Michigan's big; it's like an ocean. Uh, and so I like to go, and and the lakefront is all developed as for, with parks for the people. Uh, if it wasn't for that lake and that those lakefront, Chicago would be a crazy, crazier place than it is, you know? Anyway, so I noticed that there are these certain benches along the lakefront path. And uh, some of them are memorial benches, and some of them are fancy, um, mar- polished mar- marble, you know? Somebody uh, paid tribute to to their loved ones, and sometimes I started to sit on there, sit on this one bench, and I said, hmm, and you look around, you can see the uh, part of the Northwestern University campus, the lagoon there, right next to the Lake Michigan, and I said, gee, to take a pause, to take a seat, this is a Dharma seat, <laughs> you know, so that's what we call a Dharma throne, and what I what I generalize from is that what I used to do is, uh, you know, I'm very, I was very interested in cognitive learning, uh, in terms of my psychology training, and techniques, and particularly in creative problem solving and so forth, and how to open your mind, relax your mind, and to prompt it, to have a mental set, to sort of say hey, I'm going to receive a teaching. I'm going to pause for a very short time. It's very p- practical. Okay, I'm going to sit here for one minute. Okay? And a minute could be a long time, actually. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to open myself up to receive a teaching. It does come from your own, my own subconscious, whatever you want to call it. Okay? So I know that I produced it under these uh, inviting conditions in nature, outside, sitting down, and with the express purpose of just opening up and seeing what bubbles up out of my subconscious. And I got pretty adept at doing this. And then I realized that this is a, a, a good tool in our spiritual tool bag to have. You huh? say, hey. Okay. Uh, and so. It doesn't matter whether the animals are trying to teach you something, okay? But they, whether you call it an instinct, as in, in sense of, oh, they don't know what they're doing, as though they're not doing it for you, okay? Offering you a teaching. But still, it's important to realize that if you are aware or if you just pause to take the time to observe, okay, and you do have this important mental set or predisposition or, you know, awareness to open up your mind to receive something, okay, a uh, beginner's mind, so to speak, okay, uh, you will learn something. And this is, well, animals express themselves usually with abandon, with freedom, with and with integrity. Uh, it's just natural for them. And it's natural to be drawn to the wisdom offered by our animal teachers. And in doing so, we discover what's natural and true within ourselves. That's the thing, you know? Uh... <sighs> There's a lot that could be talked about unconditional love, okay. It doesn't matter what size you are, what shape you are, what age you are, what race you are, or what gender you are they 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 don't care about those things. they enjoy loving and being loved holy holy cow <laughs> holy mackerel uh there's th- those. That teaching is so strong, and I think we could uh, do a lot worse than paying attention to to what we can receive from well dogs and cats, okay, but any kind of animal even in the wild when you take the time okay that's all now okay i want that's all for my my blathering about this, but I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today, Tamu Hoyo. She lives in Pennsylvania. She was part of our LM5 group. And let's hear from Tamu Hoyo. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go.
0: This is Tamu Hoyo in Kena. Thank you, Sensei. And thank you, everyone, for allowing me to share this dharma glimpse with you today. So today is uh, the beginning of May. Well, we're a couple of days in, but um, I just left my second grader and his school. They had this lovely Mayfair, May Day performance, and uh, I enjoyed watching them wrap the ribbons around the Maypole and to present flowers to the Queen of Spring. And for whatever reason, and maybe it's, you know, it's probably related, which is why it came to my mind. You know, we're, we're sort of like in the middle of spring, almost into summer. And it just reminded me of wintertime, of the rest and respite and, and darkness and uh, being within during the winter, and then spring comes, bringing the promise of new life and new growth. And as we enter into almost being summer, or being into summer, the brightness of light and the gloriousness of life that is blooming and blossoming all around us, and as I watched the children present the flowers to the Queen, of, I guess it's the Queen of Spring or the, the Queen of May, what came to my mind was Nimbutsu Namo Amirabu. And what came to my mind after that was the song Amazing Grace from the Christian tradition. And... What immediately came into my mind was this beautiful poem that was a lyric, a song that was put together by a Buddhist priest, Reverend Jose Tirado, who shared this with me many years ago. And I wanted to share this poem with you because I thought it was very apropos, especially for this time of year where we're basking, we're beginning to bask into the light of life and seeing life, the earth, come alive before us. The flowers are budding, the, the blossoms the, on the trees have come forth. So I wanted to share with you, and if you can imagine, the lyrics of this song are, would go along with the melody of Amazing Grace. And so this is by Reverend Jose Tirado, a Buddhist priest. Oh, Nimbutsu, the name that calls, wells up inside of me. I call that name, it calls me to, Namo Amida Bu. Unhindered light, infinite life, Amida surrounds me, this little self, this little me, no greater love than this. How warm your light, brightening my heart, how warm your vow of life, your promise filled, yes verily, and taken just for me. O primal vow, the first promise whose power takes me home to that pure land from which i can be wakened and released bright light of life of purity light shining on us all the young or old the rich or poor all taken as we are o oh, nimbutsu the name that calls wells up inside of me. I call that name, it calls me too. Namo Amida Bu. And this is sung to the melody of Amazing Grace. Traditional lyrics are copyright 2003 by Reverend Jose Tirado. I really enjoy... This song, this poem, and the mantra, Na Amida Amirabutsu, Namo Amida Amirabu. It reminds me of the infinite burning of the sun, that no matter what, a new day is always around the corner. The sun will shine bright, drying up the water, drying up the snow, allowing... New life to burst forth, warming up the land, warming up our cold bodies. That bright light reminding us, for those of us who might suffer from sad seasonal effectiveness disorder, that the light is here and we can remind ourselves to allow ourselves to bask in the beauty of the sun to bask in the beauty of the light. In the beauty of the light of Dharma. Thank you for allowing me to share this Dharma glimpse with you. Until next time. Yeah, I'll until next time. boo. Right on,
1: right on. Well... <laughs> Uh, I jotted down a lot of associations that came into my mind when I was listening to the Dimer um, Well, music, I know that there's always been kind of a popular idea of uh, the role of music in religious experiences. And we know that in certain uh, religions, music is very present and powerful uh, and some say well let's let's apply this to Buddhism and even though we have chanting uh, and even though some traditions have uh, gotha English gathas and so forth how can how can a person as an individual uh, tap into this um, again by mental set sort of a priming of the pump you have you say hey I I want to see whether there's some uh you know uh, personal teachings in popular music. And if you start to look around, you can see you can see a lot. And in fact, Bridge on the Troubled Waters, if I'm ever asked to speak at Ohigan, at a, t- a temple, uh, Ohigan, is one of the equinoxes. It's either spring or fall equinox. Uh, and it means to cross over. Uh, and uh, one way to put it is crossing over from this shore of ignorance to the other shore of wisdom. Okay, Crossing over. And so the, the idea of a bridge is there. Okay, And then we used to cross over the River of ocean of birth and death, the samsara world. Huh? Uh, so, bridge over troubled water. So, I I would I put that on the CD and I would have the recorder player uh, with me on the pulpit so that I could control it off and on. And I introduce these these thoughts and then I said that okay, I want to play something that I think is the greatest only song ever and uh, and then I say something like uh, pretend that this is the Dharma voice, you overhear this voice singing and this is the Dharma singing to you and then I put it on because the lyrics say uh, I will lay myself down you're down and out evening comes and Falls so hard, you know, you don't have any friends and this and that. And I will lay me down like a bridge over troubled waters. Uh, that's very powerful. Uh, and then I was thinking of not only Simon Garfunkel, but I was thinking of Carol King and some of her songs. And one of her songs is uh, You Got a Friend. Now, supposing we take these lyrics and interpret it from the perspective of uh, what the what the Dharma Glimpse was talking about, okay? Reciting them Butsu and so forth. So, because uh, one of the lyrics is, you know, uh, when you're down and out, say, just call my name <laughs> and I'll be there. <laughs> you know, that, there it is, right there. Okay, and when we say a mantra, wow, yeah, it's a it's a recitation. Okay, sometimes mantra has the negative connotation of being like uh, asking, petitionary prayer, or asking for blessings. Okay, uh, but I think it's more appropriate that it's it's a reminder that we're already blessed. Okay, it's a reminder. It's it's something that's beyond your own doing. In the sense of asking for something, okay. It's as though you're channeling something in nature, okay, and bringing it to your awareness. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about cycles, dark light huh? cycles, seasonal cycles, okay, to come to to the grips of these. Wow, well, <laughs> one line from. Today's Dharma Glimpse was, hey, a new day is always right around the corner. (laughs) I mean, cycles. Okay? This is nature. Uh, um, So I was really thinking about this. And uh, the aspect of what is nature? Natural laws. Okay? I saw, I, I mentioned this before, but I, I remember see on this topic, I was seeing, I saw a bumper sticker that said, Nature is God. That's all it said. I don't know who put that out there or what. Okay. But I'm sure on that particular topic that maybe the Buddhist God is nature, if you wanted to express it that way. Okay. Natural laws, uh, reality as it is, not as we want it to be. Huh? No good or bad in nature, you know. Ooh wee! What a statement! And uh, to be able to to see sometimes reality as it is, okay, Uh, rather than how we want it to be. Wow, wow! Anyway, I'm blathering on about this too. So I say that's all for today. And until next time, yes indeed, keep going, and you have a one. Dareful day. Thank you. <laughs>